0: What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 32.0. Um, what we do here on Phoenix Down is usually uh, we go back and play a, uh, a modern classic or a classic game and uh, talk about it in discussion completely full-on, you know, just what we thought about it, what our history was with the game, stuff like that. This series is going to be a little different. uh, Mainly because we're doing a brand new game. A game that came out last week. Probably destined
1: to be a modern classic.
0: Yeah.
2: Just getting a head start.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, we are going to be playing through uh, the new Bioware RPG Dragon Age Inquisition. Now, I don't think Dragon Age needs any type of introduction. We have this year have covered Dragon Age Origins as well as Dragon Age 2. Uh, and we figured why not end the year off doing the entire trilogy. So we're going to play through the brand new game that just came out. And we're going to talk about it in full. So before we even get into anything. If you're playing along with us, thanks. That is going to be great. And I want to hear your feedback on stuff. If you're not playing along with us and you plan on playing Dragon Age Inquisition, don't listen to this until after you've played some. Because we are going to be spoiling practically everything. (laughs) Now, we haven't played all the way through this game yet. We're getting there. Um, And it's going to take us a little while. Because this is a very, very large game. But today I have with me the exact same people that has played Origins and Dragon Age Two. I have Matt Quinn. Hello friends. And Sophie Halliday. Hi everyone. So
1: the day has finally come. And this is pretty cool. I mean this is the first time in any of the podcasts that we've done a new game. Yeah. And I'm excited. It's
2: excite- me too.
0: I think um, we, we didn't we do Costume Quest about a month after it came out. Remember a long time ago on Zombie Frog? Yeah, that was a fairly new game, but back then we weren't doing you know classic games and stuff like that. We were just playing a game. But uh, yeah, so this is this especially for our podcast. This has been a year in the making almost. We have been I have been excited for this game since it was announced. I'm a huge Dragon Age fan, as everybody knows.
1: And when we started the first game, we weren't even planning yet to do all three of them this year. No. Or nope. to do them all together, or to do this game at all. Exactly. Yeah, um,
2: before this year, I'd never even played Dragon Age, so I've like had a real crash course in <laughs> Dragon <laughs> Age. But now I'm like ready for Inquisition, so I'm, I'm glad for Phoenix Down introducing me to Dragon Age.
0: Well, there you go. We do something good. So, where to even begin... <laughs> title screen title screen is actually kind of significant
1: yeah I mean it, it tells you what you find out early in the game is going to be your role basically
0: yeah so the title screen basically shows two rows of different people walking toward this large building uh, and you can tell that on the right it's the Templars and on the left are mages And uh, they're walking up to this large building, which we find out a little later what exactly is going on. But um, when you hit the start button or the options button, whatever the hell you you want to do, and you start a new game, that building that everybody's walking to explodes and kills everybody almost. Um and then that's where the character creator comes into play. Um, so I guess let's just go ahead and get into it. Uh, What everybody, what their character is, and what their class is, and what their race is. So who do I want to start with? You know, what let's start with Matt first.
1: I basically figured that I was going to be one of two things. Okay. Regardless of which race I was going to be. I either was going to be a rogue or a mage. Okay. Because my history so far with Dragon Age is very entwined with mages. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to change that up, so I went with a rogue.
0: Dual dagger rogue?
1: No, I went with my classic archetype with... RPGs, if I have this option, which is to be more of a hunter bow and arrow style rogue.
0: Okay, so, so I'm a,
1: a human rogue archer.
0: Human rogue archer. Okay. So I thought you were going to go elf. So the the backstory to the human that though you know they have a, a pretty long paragraph telling you the backstory of why you were there. Do you remember what that backstory was?
1: Nope, and I was a little bit surprised that that was the backstory. Here's a paragraph. Yeah. (laughs) Things are exploding. We got crazy CGI cutscenes, and everything I know leading up to this game is a paragraph. (laughs) I thought that was surprisingly lackluster.
0: Okay. So I will save Sophie for last. Just to keep somebody in suspense even longer. <laughs> I um I went with a uh, the the new, the new addition to uh Dragon Age Inquisition. Nice. uh I went with the Kunari. I, I was him. tempted
1: to do that for a few minutes. Now
0: did you go the- did you female or male, Matt? Male. Okay. Uh Sophie, was that what you were gonna ask?
2: I was gonna ask if you named your canary after Matt's um longtime nemesis, Shen or <laughs> Shenita, maybe, for a female. I don't know. But
0: You mean Sten?
2: Yeah, Sten, that's <laughs> it.
0: Uh nah, cause Sten is actually a rank, and I didn't want to do that. Um I did go kind of like you know how like the first my my grave warden from the first game was named Lifty Fernandez, which is fucking stupid.
2: <laughs> how could yep. we forget?
0: Yeah, I decided to actually go kind of like with lore.
1: Oh, uh, see, I went the opposite route. And you went named dumb. Kind of stupid. What was his name? Tom
0: Servo. Tom Servo. <laughs> well, I said I mean, it's standard. <laughs> <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least it's not lifty. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, it's Tom Servo from Mystery Science Theater.
0: I know, who, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking yeah. about. But um, I uh, I went with a male Kunari warrior, uh, with a sword and shield.
2: So you went male.
0: Yes, I went male. This was like the hardest decision for me, because truth be told, I have played a lot of Dragon Age Inquisition. Um and it wasn't just for the podcast. I had to review the game itself. So I have more experience with the game. I and full disclosure, I have not beaten the game. Um so I you know, I went to save some for the podcast. So I um I went with a and that was the hardest decision for me was like what the hell do I want to play because whenever I played for review, I was a male elf, uh, dual dagger rogue. Okay. Um, and I played thirty hours of this game as that, and then it <laughs> it was kind of bad because I, I stared at the screen for a long time. I consciously deleted that save. Whoa. Because mm. I wanted to start over with the podcast.
2: We appreciate your commitment.
0: Yeah. I deleted it and, uh, started over. I then made a dwarf warrior and then deleted that. And then I made another elf mage and then I deleted that. <laughs> and I said, what the fuck do I want to make? <laughs> <laughs> so I finally said, you know what? Let's go crazy. So I made a male kunari. Um, The backstory for the Kunari is is part of a mercenary group who was sent to the Conclave, which we'll we'll get into a little bit later. But he was sent to the Conclave to make sure everything went peaceful. But, like I said, we'll get into that a little bit later. Sophie, tell me, what is your character? Reveal to everyone.
2: Everyone. Well, as you guys know... I played Dragon Age Origins as a male human warrior, Mm -hmm. and I played Dragon Age 2 as a male human warrior, (laughs) and I don't really like change, I like to feel comfortable so I can just go out there and enjoy the game, and I thought, I'll sit down and, you know, I was like, will it be really boring if I go male human warrior again, but I kind of want to, and then in the end I went crazy, and I am a male elf rogue.
0: Dual Dagger Rogue or Bow and Arrow Rogue? Bow and Arrow Rogue. Oof. Got two ranged rogues up in here.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: No mages. That's okay. From what I understand, the story changes somewhat significantly if you're a mage. Hmm. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, And your character's name? I didn't mention mine, but...
2: Uh, mojo, always.
0: No, always Mojo.
1: I will say that part of the reason that I went with the dumb name and didn't go with the mage was because I was not able to upload anything into the keep.
0: No! Ooh.
1: And so this does not feel like my ultimate playthrough
0: to Ooh, me right now. Wait a minute, man. You... I wish you would have told me that. <laughs> um, I mean, man, that's that's rough. I don't even know what the default world state is. I don't know either, but I'm living it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that sucks.
0: Yeah, it does. Yep. Uh, it, it would, just because you kept getting errors or something? Yeah, I wouldn't load anything into
1: it, and I didn't have time to go through. Because I, I, I was on the website, and it says you can pick as much or as little as you want to edit. Yeah, and I'm like, well, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna edit every single thing. But since it didn't upload any of my information from the other two games, I, I just didn't have time to go through and pick pick every little detail out of the world.
0: Hmm. So
1: I'm playing in the default world state.
0: Okay, I have no idea what that is. So you're gonna have to let us know. Um, I I am using my save. Uh,
2: me yeah, me too.
0: But, uh, yeah, my character's name is R-Ranel. A-R-R-E-N-E-L. I just decided to do something that sounded Kunari. So, yeah. So, this whole introduction was basically... Dragon Age Inquisition begins... And this is a rough estimate because I... I'm not an expert at this. I know some information. I want to say this takes place around two years after Varric is being interrogated by Cassandra. And I think that took place about two years after the events of Dragon Age 2. So we're looking at maybe four or five years after the big mage rebellion at the at Dragon Age Two, and Kirkwall.
1: So, good, before we even start the game, how like what do you think would be the state of the world four to five years after that? Um, I mean it's it's not really enough time to have dealt with it sufficiently, probably.
0: No, I think what had happened, you know, this is just my guess, is that word got out that hey, the circle in Kirkwall is pretty much gone and mages just kind of just do whatever the hell they want now and so tons
1: and tons of apostates
0: and so uh, the apostates or or the the circle mages that were in other circles around Thedas decided hey well, fuck let's just rebel too and then everybody started rebelling and you know now we have apostates running around everywhere and on top of that a lot of the templars have kind of went nuts and have turned almost into the Gestapo. <laughs>
2: and how? Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> and they're just like going around. Like there, there was one person I ran into uh, real early on who said that uh, Templars killed my husband because he had a shovel in his hand. They thought it was a staff. Yes,
2: I met that person today. And also, I saw a, temp- a Templar punch a member of the Chantry in the back of the head, <laughs> a, a woman. <laughs> like dude what are you doing
0: (laughs) yeah the templars don't uh don't go by the chantry anymore they think it's useless and there's one of the reasons why is because after this big rebellion um depending on how you look at it some people look at it like oh the mages are free now you know um but after the, the mage rebellion that happened in Kirkwall, it spread throughout Ferelden and even Orlé. Um, and, um, they decided, the, the chantry decided, um, to hold a meeting, uh, a gathering, kind of, almost like a lands meet, almost, uh, at the conclave, which is where, uh, the divine Justinia resides. She's basically the pope of the 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 chantry. And they want to have peace talks, you know, let's, let's stop killing each other please and 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 terrorizing the countryside. And so there was a lot of people that came to that meeting. Uh, a lot of um chantry members, um a lot of uh, well-known people in Thetis were there to
2: I wouldn't cut in, but...
0: That's fine. Matt, you back? Yep. Okay. Um, It started recording again, so I guess... We'll just go with it. Hey, nothing happened. We're back. Um, So, yeah, we're going to have this meeting at the Conclave. Uh, A lot of people were there. And, of course, at the very beginning of the game, when you hit the start button, the Conclave fucking explodes. Kills... Everybody there, all except one person, and that would be you, your character. Uh, the character emerged from the fade and was just there. Nobody really knows how he got there or she got there. Whoever, whatever you're playing, we're all he's. So, um, and the. The first thing
1: you know, everybody
0: sees an explosion. They all run to it. You're the only one there. Well, they take you into prison, and they hold you there. <laughs> um, and that's the the beginning of the game. Uh, th- th- which I should mention that your character, who is still kind of stuck in between the fade and the real world, uh, is running from a bunch of spiders, and it sees this light figure up on a uh, on a hill on a cliff. And uh, you reach out to it, and then you come out of the fade. And um, nobody really knows what that is. Some people claim that it was Andraste herself. So um, they put you in chains, take you down to this holding cell, and you're being interrogated uh, by Cassandra. Seems kind of familiar
1: yeah she likes to do that
0: she likes to do <laughs> that um, how is everybody because i'm I'm curious I mean, you may not have an idea yet how is everybody wanting to carry their character
1: my character is very nervous okay and Basically, I'm making the decisions for him based on him just wanting to be done with whatever this issue is as quickly as possible.
0: Okay.
1: Like he doesn't know what's happening to him and does not like the fact that there's green light shooting out of his hand. Right. So he is going to save the world, I guess, but he's going to do that as much to save himself.
0: So your character is somewhat selfish, you'd say? Um, Are you playing the character that way?
1: Yeah, I've I made some decisions based on that.
0: So here here's a good example. The very beginning, like the second dialogue option that you get with Cassandra, you have four choices. One of them is kind of like I'll show you. I'll tell you the image. One of the images is of a eye crying. One of them is a fist. One of them is what looks like a guy standing there with his arms crossed. And then the other one is a confusion uh, icon. So which one did you choose on that one, Matt?
1: Probably confusion.
0: Okay. And Sophie, what about you? How are you holding your character?
2: Well... Um, just like my character 's backstory he 's a member of the the dalish elves uh-huh. but his clan is um not really kind of associated with like the mainstream like he his clan are nomadic and they roam the free marshes and he 's a hunter so he 's used to being out on his own and his kind of whole thing is that you know he 's used to from a young age um going out and providing for his clan and learning how to protect his clan. And he was at the Conclave. He was sent by his clan to spy on the outcome, basically. Because obviously, like, elves and humans, a bit of a kind of... There's tension in their relationship in the Dragon Age world, yeah. as we know. And so he was kind of sent as a spy to sort of keep tabs on what's going on, basically. And that's how we ended up. So I'm playing my character as someone who, kind of like Matt, like a little confused as to kind of what what the heck's going on. I think I went with the confusion option in the first instance. Um, I'm not playing him as a totally kind of like want to be done with this as soon as possible kind of character, but also not as a kind of, not quite so noble as I played my previous characters. I'm keeping him kind of suspicious, um, not 100% trustworthy, but also kind of wanting to I don't know. Do the right thing, I guess, because in in his heart he's used to being a hunter and a protector. So, right, somewhat kind of balancing between those two.
1: Okay.
2: Those two things.
1: I, I feel like we often tend to play our characters the same, pretty much the same.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Usually. Um, now I, as everyone knows who's ever listened to our Dragon Age series before, Lifty Fernandez did not take shit from anybody. He kicked down doors. He'd kill people if they didn't give him what he wanted. But he still he did the right thing. But he did it in a really harsh way. And then Gwen Hawk, my mage, was a sarcastic asshole. Huh. And Arrenel, the giant Kunari warrior, is, is, the, said mo- is the most gentlest fucking giant yeah. you'll ever be in your life. <laughs> He <laughs> I I I chose the crying eye one. He feels bad for everything that happens. Um but he is also very just. And you know, it, it, you know, something bad, if, so, if somebody is wronged, he will try to fix that wrong. But if there's any way he can avoid killing somebody, he will do his best to avoid it.
2: Uh see, I'm not playing my guy quite like that. That's how I previously used to do it, you know, like justice and righteousness and all that kind of stuff, and yeah. I'm not playing it quite that way. Like I'm, I'm seeing my guy as kind of a member of a disenfranchised community in, in the elves kind of way. who's used to being isolated and used to kind of being wary of others and being that kind of nomadic thing, but having to kind of bridge that with the fact that like, basically you are in the middle of the shitstorm and you are the one who's going to have to save everyone. But you know, he's, he's not having any of this, you're a savior kind of stuff, but he's, I guess he's going to grow into his role as he goes along, but he's also not going to take any shit from anyone.
0: Yeah. So that's our characters. Um, And then we get into what is actually happening in the game. Um, So we have a mark on our left hands. um, And it is partially controlled from the rift, the fade rift, as they're calling it. And every time the rift expands, it expands on our hand and it's very painful. Um, and people want to know, want some answers. You're the only p- person that came out of this. Everybody's dead. The divine Justinia is dead. Um, and everybody suspects you are the one that chose to do this. And, you know, like w- you know, why did you do this? We want answers. How do we stop this rift? That's, Pouring demons out of it. You know. And our characters really don't know. <laughs> we don't know what the fuck's going on. So. Uh, Cassandra's there. She's asking us questions. Leliana shows up. And. Um, they They decide. We're going to have to. Figure out a way to stop. This rift. Um, a gigantic hole in the sky where they say it's, it's basically the veil has been pierced between our world and the fade. So, um, Cassandra wants us to go meet up with a few other people that are trying to defend this area from, uh, demons that are coming out of the rifts. So and this is basically the tutorial area. You know, it's going to show you how to play and stuff like that. So there's a little bit. I do want to mention a little bit about the combat because the combat changes slightly, and I don't know the best way to describe it. So you hold down R2, the trigger, to constantly attack, and then you use the face buttons to use your special abilities, and. To begin with for me when I first started playing I was like man this is really jarring cuz it just it it didn't feel correct you know what i, I mean s-
2: I had the exact opposite reaction
0: Oh you liked it
2: Yeah to me it felt like it flowed for me much more naturally than previous Dragon Age games but maybe that's because I played a lot of different games after you know before playing Dragon Age like Skyrim for example being i think kind of a useful comparison here before I played Dragon Age. So when I went to play Dragon Age Origins, it felt kind of clunky and cumbersome to me. So I really like these new controls.
0: Okay. Mad, you feel all right with it?
1: Yeah, I find them to be all right. I haven't really loaded up on enough different spells. So my only issue right now with the combat is when I fire off one arrow, basically, since all of my attacks are the same type of attack... I have this, I have a cooldown for all of them. Yeah. Um, but overall, the, the the pace of it and the quickness of it, I'm I'm not minding.
2: The only thing I do seem to do quite a lot is in my head whenever I play any kind of PlayStation game, which is what I'm playing it on. Um, I'll press Circle is like my default cancel or exit or whatever. And I keep running around firing off like a fire arrow into the middle yeah. of the sky <laughs> because I keep I've pressing so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've
1: got
0: it. I've got it mapped to the warrior's the uh, uh, scorpion get over here thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Um, so there's a, there's a skill I have to explain this for people. Um, there's a skill for the warrior, uh, the the sword and shield warrior, or it didn't even have to be that any warrior, um, where they throw out a chain stab a guy with it, and then pull them to him, and then you can start attacking them.
2: That uh, is pretty much right out of the Mortal Kombat playbook. Yeah, I like it.
0: That is exactly it. And then there's an upgrade to it. So in the skill trees, you can always upgrade some of your abilities. There's an upgrade to it to where when you grab them and pull them to you, you kick them in the face and stun them for three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. And, and they're just laying on the ground, and you're just sitting there chopping them to death. It's awesome. I use that everywhere I go. <laughs> but there are certain enemies you cannot do, do that to.
2: Are you running around killing rams with that move?
0: You can't grab the rams.
2: Oh. You can grab You
0: can't <laughs> you can't grab any of those. You can only grab humans and they can't be the heavy armored humans. So like mages or those sneaky little fucking archers that want to pick you off from a distance. No, you're coming right here. And you pull them right there in front of you and then chop their heads off. So, it's real fun. <laughs> playing the warrior is really fun and it, it it makes me want to go back and play a warrior in dragon age 2 but i'm like i wonder if that plays majorly different so who knows probably we'll never know until like you know 10 years later when i say let's play the dragon ages again <laughs> and i'll be like i'm insane so um but yeah, the, it's that—that's one thing. I'm always throwing my chain out at nobody because I'm hitting circles circle, to, yeah, to get out too. of stuff. Um, and the other new mechanic, which is kind of like pausing the game and 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 giving orders to your party members, which was in every Dragon Age, but in this one it's a little bit more stylized, a little bit more customizable. Where it, we're all playing on the PS4, so. If you t- hit the touchpad, it pauses time and it zooms out to an isometric view. And in this view, you can move the camera wherever you want to. And uh, you can give out orders to your party members. Go here, use this ability, stuff like that. Um, has anybody used this a good amount? Here and there. Here and there. Like,
2: mostly because I'm playing with like my class, my party rather, is like three ranged Characters, like two rogues and one mage, and then Cassandra, just mm-hmm. running in, going crazy, and every now and then I need to kind of be like calm down right move move over here, <laughs> don't just you know what I mean, like to rein her back a bit, but I find like maybe I think that'll come in a lot more as I progress.
0: It depends on the game. how difficult the game is because in the higher difficulties you need to use that.
2: Yeah, I would imagine so.
0: And there's Are we all of,
1: playing it on normal?
0: Yeah, I'm playing on normal. Yeah. Um
2: I want to finish it this decade.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the uh I, I did like one of the characters that I played just for review sakes, so I put it on hard just to see how it was, and yes, it is you have to be tactical on hard. And nightmare, I don't even want to look at.
1: See, that sounds awesome to me, but I think until I have to use it, I'm not really going to. There because, yeah. because of the way it disrupts the flow. Yeah,
0: yeah. There, there are a few boss fights where I was like, I kind of need to use this here because you know party members are going down, and I got to pick them up and stuff like that. And so, um, but that's new. The other thing, which is a huge mechanic, is that there are no more healing spells in this game. No more, oh, just heal me whenever my health is down. Uh, The way you bring health back to your characters is by using healing potions. Now everybody knows what a healing potion is. We had them in Dragon Age Origins and in Dragon Age 2. Um, but this one, you have a finite amount that you can carry at one time. And when you run out, you don't have any more. You have to go back to a camp to refill your amount of health potions.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting change because I often found myself lost in the wilderness. (laughs) And uh, I would have kept going if I had health potions, but I didn't. So I'm like, I can't do anything because all my characters are like 80% dead.
0: Yeah. On the
1: plus side, it's cool that you can revive them.
0: Yes.
2: Yes, I love that. I think that's a really good change.
0: The other part to go along with that is that when you finish a battle – in Dragon Age Origins and in Dragon Age 2, everybody's health was refilled completely. And in this one, it stays where it was. Yep. (laughs) So if you, you know, barely survived an encounter, you're all kind of beat up, and you may have to go back to a camp. Luckily, this game has a fast travel system, where no matter, as long as you're not in combat, you can fast travel to a fast travel point or to a nearest camp. And obviously, when you arrive, you are your health is refilled. You have your health potions back.
1: So do I not need to then rest? Because I find myself, I fast travel back there, and I'm not sure if I'm healed, and then I rest anyway, and then I'm healed.
0: Am you I like wasting rest. my time? Yeah, you don't, there's no need to rest. If you fast travel to a camp, you will be restored, and your health potions will be restored automatically. Okay. The resting is only if, like, you got beat up and you just walked to camp
1: so the fast travel includes the rest. Does it also fill you up on potions and post- stuff?
0: Yes. The only one that doesn't is with the special potions and the special grenades and to- and tonics that you have. Okay. Um, but to combat getting the crap beat out of you constantly, there's of two mechanics particularly um, that have been added to Dragon Age Inquisition. The first one being a mage ability... Uh, where the mage, and most mages start off with this ability, usually. Um, It's a creation. It's under the creation skill tree. Uh, It is uh, the uh, barrier, magic barrier ability, which is basically, for a short period of time, a mage will cast the spell on the party, and that spell will bring up a shield that goes over the health bar. I mean, this is all contextual you know you're not going to see a shield on your character but it brings up on the health bar itself you'll see a blue line go across it and that blue line slowly drains during while this blue line is over your health bar no matter what kind of damage you're taking you're not going to have health taken off now granted Mm -hmm. it only lasts for probably 10 to 15 seconds and then it has a cooldown. But that's a good way to negate a lot of damage to your party members is by having a mage cast that on the party. The other mechanic, and it's only for warriors, is that the warriors can create what they call guard. And there's a certain amount of abilities that the warriors can learn that will produce guard. So there's a taunt ability that my character has. And basically what he does is he just yells out and yells really loud, and it hits surrounding enemies. It taunts them to have them come to him and attack him only. Mm-hmm. But it also, depending on how many enemies you taunted, it creates guard. Guard is basically like the shield, except you have to have the guard taken away before it starts chipping away at your health.
2: Like a bulletproof vest.
0: Exactly. So, um, and the warriors have that. The rogues don't have anything special like that, but the rogues do have special abilities to basically just go invisible, and you know enemies will basically just like, oh fuck, it, I can't find them, and they'll just run off to fi- hit somebody else. Um, I would I, mu- I
1: much prefer my my abilities to dodge out of the way and dive out of the way than I do that one. Okay, because I generally like I don't generally play the warrior which I probably should with this mentality, but I generally like to keep the enemies or the big enemy focused on me so that everyone else can hack away at them mm-hmm. because I don't trust my enemies ever to stay alive on their own.
0: <laughs> you can totally do that, especially with a, a rogue. I mean, uh, the thing is is that playing as an archer, that's it's not really ideal. If you're playing a dual dagger rogue, I know uh, there's a few people I know on Twitter who are... Totally wanting to create like the glass cannon kind of deal, where if you get hit, it's gonna hurt really bad, but you do a shit ton of damage to people, and as long as you're not getting hit, you're good. So it's it's one of those things of finding abilities that do tons of damage while using abilities that keep you from getting damaged. So like you know doing the backflip. Or, yeah, you know, it, I really
1: like my backflip where I let out a little launch of arrows.
0: Yeah, the leaping shot.
1: Yeah, I I really like that because that's exactly the way I want to play this character, which is come at me, come at me, and then I'm gonna dive out of the way while also damaging you.
0: That 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 totally no works. One
1: else, no one else is getting hurt by this enemy, and I'm not getting hurt by this enemy, but I can still inflict my own damage.
0: Yeah, keep them guessing,
1: keep them running at me. Yeah, and then they turn around, I got a lot of. Abilities that do damage over, you know, long distances. Yeah. So, so far I'm I'm liking where I'm at. I'm just not sure exactly how I'm going to be able to evolve the character and how much there's going to be along those lines for me to keep the attention of the enemies but also try and have abilities that will let me damage them when they do get in close.
2: Now, so do you think – okay. I was going to say, Matt, do you think you're going to switch to dual dagger at any point?
1: No, I I usually enjoy the the ranged attack, so I'm I'm excited I, cause, and also I was a dual dagger rogue in the last Dragon Age game.
2: Yeah, no, I'm really liking the change of pace playing as ranged as well.
1: Yeah, and and I generally play ranged whether it's mage or archer, hunter type character. So my my big change of pace was Dragon Age two playing a, a up and close attack oriented you know, physical oriented striker. Yeah. So. I'm back to my my more comfortable play style, and I just want to see how much this game will have to sort of accommodate the way I want to play it. Which is even more than the mage. Like when I was the mage, I never wanted anybody coming at me at all. Yeah. You know, I wanted my tanks to be up there doing what tanks do, and then I would just support them. But this time I'm playing a little differently. I'm playing ranged, but I do want them coming after me.
0: Yeah. That's cool. I uh, I want everybody to come after me too. Give him a hug. Yeah. There's a really cool ability that actually you start off with. It's called uh, the revenge strike. I think it's either vengeance strike or revenge strike. And if you get hit by somebody, you have an icon that pops up on like next to your, your, your abilities and stuff. You know, basically whenever you, it also pops up if you're you're chilled or something like that. Uh, It's basically what you're being buffed or debuffed by. And uh, when that icon is there, Uh, You can use the Revenge Strike, and it's basically like a huge cleave that covers probably 180 degrees. And anybody gets hit by that is automatically knocked down uh, if you have that, that counter on there. If not, it's just a really powerful attack that can hit multiple people. But if you have the counter, it will knock them down, and it does like twice the amount of damage. It's crazy. So I taunt a bunch of guys, have my guard up so they're not doing any damage to me. Have like three guys surrounding me. One of them hits me, and I say, "Oh, guess what? Bwah! Just kill them all." <laughs> so it's um, it's it, yeah. I'm really liking the warrior. It's fun. So, back to the actual story. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we get you know, we're traveling with Cassandra trying to make it to these other people that are fighting off demons, uh, a bridge collapses. And that's where we start getting introduced to the combat itself. Um, I'm not going to go through every single dialogue option because I played this a million. I played this sequence at least 10 times <laughs> with different characters, different classes. And I'm just like, I just want to experience it all to see how it's different. But, um, So, uh, you know, Cassandra's like, you know, she's like, put your weapon down. And you have the option of like, all right, fine. Or I need this fucking weapon and shit like that. And uh, it it all depends, you know, what you choose. Obviously, people will approve. People will disapprove. People will slightly approve. People will greatly approve. You know, all that's still there. The only difference is you can't. There's no more counter. There's no more meter that says this person really likes you. (laughs) <laughs> or this person really hates you. That's not there anymore. You just got to have to figure it out. And I like that. I like that yeah, too. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah, leave it ambiguous. So that way I maybe she likes well, me.
2: Cuz it's sometimes kind of like I've had a few instances where cuz for example, I was like, I need this fucking weapon. And, you know, she slightly disapproved Cassandra, but, like, I feel like my character's had some dialogue with Cassandra, but even though she slightly disapproves, I feel like she begrudgingly respects my stance. So it's not like she flat out hates me, right? She, j- it's, I-, I prefer it being ambiguous. Maybe she does just flat out hate me and I'm just misreading the whole thing,
1: but. Yeah. Well, that comes back feel... to the, uh, the way that I wish that the previous games and. I'm not sure if this game will do any of it, but if they disapprove of something and then you're right, you should be able to convince <laughs> call them. Call
0: him
1: out. <laughs> yeah, call him out. Like, no, you don't get to. Matt,
0: dislike you sound so decision. bitter.
2: You sound so bitter.
0: <laughs> I hope one of your party members is like, "I'm sick of your shit." Me and you were fighting right now. <laughs> I was very, The first time. <laughs> <laughs> I was very... He's like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so eventually we run into the other people fighting off the demons, and there is a rift there, Um, and we have to help them fight off. So we fight off the, the demons, uh, and the mage that's standing there grabs your hand and puts it up to the rift, and you close the rift. It disappears completely, seals it up, no more demons coming out, and you're, you're like how did you do that? And they're like, "Well, you did it. And I'm like, well, I don't know how I did it. You know, it's just, it's all this confusing stuff. So here is where we get to meet our other starting party members. Uh, The first one being Solus. I keep saying Solus, but it's not Solus. It's Solus. Um, He is a, uh, elven mage. Um, who, my friend has uh deemed him uh Michael Rosenbaum.
1: <laughs>
0: from That's, uh yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> basically <laughs> Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor. in Elven form. <laughs> 'Cause he is he is completely shaven bald, shiny head, um he just he looks like him a little bit.
2: <laughs> he does. I didn't notice it, but now that you've said it, I'm like, yes.
0: (laughs) He's like, it looks like Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor, but with pointy ears.
2: But as an elf. Um,
0: but Solas is a uh, apostate mage, um, who uh has actually kept the mark on your hand from killing you for a while while you were knocked out. Um. So he, he seems to know a lot about these riffs, a lot about the Fade in general. Um, The uh, the other person that is here is a person I think everybody kind of knows. It's a little dwarf with a really loud mouth <laughs> named Varric. <laughs> He's there and uh, still cracking jokes as usual.
2: Become kind of a literary... Minor celebrity as well in yeah. recent times, he has, which I, uh, I, I thought was quite amusing.
0: I like it, because he has always been a storyteller, He and most of the time it's lies, um, and he always embellishes everything. But since the Kirkwall incident and his adventures with Hawk, he has kind of become a successful writer, and he has wrote numerous books uh, about his adventures with Hawk. Um, but he is there, uh, not really, he's there of his own volition. At least he says it is Cassandra, you know, drug his ass there because she wanted him to talk about his adventures with Hawk, uh, at the, the meet with, uh, Justinia. And of course that, well, that's not going to happen now. So, uh, and, and you know, we, we all have dialogue with each character. Um, of course, I had to ask him about the crossbow. As yes, did I. Yeah. Um. Verricks awesome. Yep. <laughs> he's he, he's way better in this. He he is way better in this, and like that's the thing is in like in Dragon Age two, he never left my party. In Inquisition, that fucker is never leaving my party. No, Ever. It, it
2: kind of feels like he needs to be there for the story to actually happen, because yeah. he's so associated with, kind of, like, obviously in Dragon Age 2, he narrates it, but it feels like, because he's still, like, that almost, like, narrator-type figure, it would feel odd for him not to be there at the pivotal events.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Plus, I feel, because place. I used him so much in Dragon Age 2, I feel a sense of camaraderie with him. Like, If if it just feels yeah. right to have him around. Yeah.
2: I saw... Su- I su- it's gonna be tough though, because there might be times where I feel like I need to have a dual dagger rogue in my party, because obviously Varrick and I are both ranged.
1: Yeah, me too.
2: Rogues, but I don't. I'm gonna cross that bridge when I come to it. Okay. He's gonna stay there for as long as, uh, and even if that's the case, it'd just be for the odd skirmish that he might have to sub out. But
0: well, in this game, unlike Dragon Age Two, you can actually change up. Not just their weapons, you can make them have different armor, uh, including Varric. So it's weird to see him in armor now. Um, And you can also make him use daggers.
2: Yeah, I don't like this. Mm. We'll see.
0: That's never going (laughs) to happen.
2: It just seems odd. Yeah,
0: he will always be with Bianca, period. Yeah,
2: it's going to be like, Varric, man, take a day off, sit this one out. Have yourself some go time at the pub. You know, yeah. yeah, go write the next chapter of your romance novel and I'll come back when we've when we've killed off these uh these demons.
0: Make sure if you do use Bavaric a good amount, make sure you go buy his upgrades. Because you don't have you don't really craft them you just buy them at vendors.
2: Yeah, like, I've already started doing that.
0: Yeah, those. I are... like
2: that whole thing as well. That's gonna drive me crazy now.
0: Oh my god, pra- the crafting, crafting in this game is I mean, fucking huge.
2: I'm gonna just waste out like it's gonna take me so long because I, I swear we're probably just gonna have whole episodes of like random inane sign quests and I'm trying to craft this armor upgrade and it's crazy and I've only played like 10 hours and I'm already like obsessed with it so I dread to think
0: yeah I mean this the crafting <laughs> is pulled straight out of Skyrim so it's 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 scary how much you can actually do and the great thing is you can rename the stuff I know. and so I like I have the badass armor of badassery <laughs> and stuff like that um the what would what, what I name my sword? No, it's not a sword, it's a hatchet. It's like the, the hatchet of killing. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's uh, a
2: very literal description. <laughs> I like it.
0: This, what was it? The pointy mix stab is one of the daggers I made. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> but it's badass, you know? It's just like, oh, man, this, I've made the best fucking weapon in the game so far, you know? So, um, uh, but yeah, um, they're all there. We talk, and they're like, "All right, we gotta keep going because there's a, there's a few more. We gotta meet up with uh, uh Leiliana at the um I guess kind of like the 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 stronghold point where we're, we're holding off the demons. And um, we eventually get there, and we uh we meet up with Leliana and uh, there's also another guy there who is a um. I don't know what he is, I'm sure it said it in the game, but it's been like fifteen hours since I talked to the guy he's the the douchebag uh priest,
2: oh God, yeah, he's annoying. I don't know what he is. I well I think doesn't is it cullen doesn't he just describe him as some like hanger honor literally? I don't really think he does anything
0: well, him and Cassandra get into it right here too. they were like you, you know he's. He, He's like you're supposed to be working with a chantry, you know. She's she's what what they call a seeker, um. Which she's she's not a seeker anymore, um. But Varric always calls her seeker. In fact, I think that's all he ever calls her. I've never. I don't think I've ever heard him call her Cassandra, unless like not to her face. He's always calling her seeker. But um they uh you know he he's telling her you work for the chantry you're supposed to be you're supposed to be a thug that works for the chantry and he's like you're just a fucking bureaucrat you know you're a glorified fucking priest so shut the fuck up cuz he wants to have your character arrested for killing Justinia and like and be sent to Val Royale, and be executed and um of course, everybody shuts up whenever we're like, dude, there's fucking demons going out of every- the whole these holes in the sky. How about we stop those first? And uh, I have this thing on my hand that lets me stop them. <laughs> so uh, we have a choice here. In fact, this is our first choice. Uh, we get to choose to either go straight through with the soldiers or go to the mountain path and uh, possibly sneak up on uh, some of the enemies. Uh, and because there was also some uh, scouts that went through the mountain path. We haven't heard from them yet. And they're like, well, that may be really dangerous because we haven't heard back from those guys. So there may be a crap ton of enemies up there. So what did everybody choose? Matt, what did you choose on this one? I chose
1: the mountain path.
0: Okay. And Sophie?
1: Because they said it was quicker. And my sir <laughs> wanted it. You know, let's get there and get Is, it done. this over with?
0: Efficient.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I also chose the mountain path, but not because it was efficient. More because I was trying to role play, and my character's a hunter, and he's used to, you know, mountains. that sort of crap <laughs> in that kind of thing. Yeah, so you know, he's okay. a more solitary guy. So I was like, mountains it is.
0: I um, with this character, actually, yeah, yeah, I've done, I've done them both. Um, but I, with this character, I actually went through the front, to the, through the, to the main area. Nothing really changes. There's two encounters that are different. That's it. Um, the only difference is is that I run into Cullen in the front lines, and you don't run into him at all when you go the mountain path. So um, and yeah, you know, it, it's it's a quick little like it's a, so you can stop the rifts. And I'm like, I, I hope so. It's like, all right, so you. good luck. So basically, what we're doing is was where we're trying to get to. The shrine of the sacred ashes. Now, all of us know what the sacred ashes, sacred ashes were. We saw them in Dragon Age Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, if everybody remembers correctly, when we found the sacred ashes, people kind of went nuts. Kind of just they they pilgrimage to it, you know, because they all wanted to see it. You know, it's kind of like going to Mecca, and. um so they built a shrine there in the past ten years, uh, and uh, that is basically where the uh, the Ferelden Chantry has kind of just set up shop there. That is that is kind of the headquarters. So um, when we get there, the entire place is ex- you know, obviously there was the giant explosion. It's pretty much not there anymore. It's a big yeah. crater. But there is a very large rift there, and um, uh, when we we make it there, there's a couple of things I do want to mention uh, that that pop up a little later. Uh, Not only uh, is there a giant rift there, but there's also red lyrium laying around, and we're talking lots of red lyrium. And of course, you know, Varric's there, and he's like, why is this shit here? (laughs) He's like, it's fucking evil don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, like that.
2: He literally <laughs> says, don't touch it. Yeah.
0: He? Yeah. Well, he, he said, he says, cause I've played it so many times. It's like a uh, Seeker, You see in this? She says, yeah. He's like, it's red lyrium. And it's like, I, I understand that very. He's like, oh, what <laughs> is it doing here? <laughs> it's evil. Don't touch it. <laughs>
2: I love those two when they have little random dialogues when you're running. They
0: along. they have some great dialogue a little bit later on, and it's, it, it doesn't
1: seem like there's quite as much in this game so far. Really, I haven't. I, I feel like I've gone more time without any background chatter.
0: Huh?
2: I've no, I've only started noticing it more the last couple of hours when I've kind of just been, you know, when it opens up a little bit and you can, when you get out of the prologue and you really start doing a lot of side quests and stuff. I've started noticing it more.
0: Yeah. There's there's some pretty good dialogue between them when you go to uh the swamp area. I know you guys haven't got there yet. Um but you unlock it really early on if you go to it. Uh there's a, there's a great dialogue um with them in between them. If you get it, sometimes it won't even happen, so um but yeah, uh so we get there uh, uh Solus is uh saying he said okay, the rift is closed but it wasn't closed properly. So we need to reopen it and then close it correctly. And they're like, okay, if we do that, will that attract demons on the other side? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Everybody back up. (laughs) So, um, we have to open it. When we open it, a gigantic demon comes out of it. Uh, and, uh, They've done a little bit of a design change, because I remember we ran into despair demons and uh, rage demons and and basically all the the, the sins, you know, the seven deadly sins, uh, envy demon and uh, lust demon and all that stuff. They're here, but they all look different from what they used to. Um, And the one that came out, was it a rage demon that came out of the rift?
1: Rage of Pride.
0: Pride demon, that was it. It was a pride demon. Giant fucking thing. Uh, and that's basically our first boss battle. So it, it should be said that um, rifts can be closed. Uh, at, like, they're just randomly throughout the world. You just gotta find them. Um, and uh, when you go up to them, demons start coming out of them. And uh, the at the top of the screen, you can see a health bar for the rift itself. And it goes down depending on the enemies that you kill. Uh, There is a little tactic that you can use where you can disrupt the rift. You'll hold up your hand and let it charge for a few seconds. And then an explosion will come out of the rift and it will stun all the enemies that are out there. And giving you an opportunity to attack them. But it doesn't close the rift. The only way to close the rift is by killing all the enemies that come out. They usually come out in two waves. Um... But the really cool thing is, is if you have a maze that has the dispel ability, which is in the creation skill tree, um, you'll notice these like these green fissures in the ground, and like this this like looks like green light coming up out of the ground. You can use dispel on those, and an enemy won't uh, spawn there. So it's kind of useful, just in case you guys wanted to do that. Pro tip. Yep. Um. So yeah, we open it up, giant demon comes out, we have to disrupt the rift uh, a few times to get his armor off, and then we can attack it. Um, We kill it, we seal that rift, and um, yay. We pass out. (laughs) Uh, We wake up a couple days later, um, and everybody's looking at us weird when we leave the cabin
2: yeah, it's all this like, oh, it's him, it's him.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah a little different than last time we woke up.
0: Yeah, because when, w- when we were going to meet with Varric and Solace, everybody was looking at us like, fucking kill that asshole. <laughs> now they're looking at us like, he closed the rift, man. What is this guy? And it's like, they said he's blessed with Andraste's power. He's like, he's the herald of Andraste, which is... You know, I, I have described this to my friend who asked me about Dragon Age Inquisition. I said, you're essentially Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. Some people believe he's the Herald of Andrew. I say some people don't, you know, it's it, <laughs> for a lack of a better e- example. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: So there's there's a bunch of people standing around, a lot of them are calling you the herald of Andraste. You 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 are back in Haven, which is the it, it was the town that was right outside of where the the ashes the were. Um which if you remember from Dragon Age Origins, that was where all the crazy people lived. That was in fact that Haven was where you and Sten had your showdown. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, so, uh, after that, uh, everybody's looking at you like, oh man, you, you might be our savior. Um, you go into the main hall and you meet with, um, Cassandra along with Leliana and, uh, the uh, douchebag priest is there too. Really wish I could remember his name, but I'm not too worried about it. Um, and they're like, you know, he's he's like, chain him. He needs to be sent for execution. Sandra's like, would you shut the fuck up? My God, yeah,
2: no one takes this guy seriously. Yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. one
0: moves. Nobody, yeah, nobody is. It's like not disregard that. He's like you're walking a fine line, seeker. And I was like, geez, God, I have it memorized. I have the beginning of this fucking game memorized because I've played <laughs> it so many times. Um. So, uh, you know, he he leaves all pissed off. Sandra's pissed off but at the same time he's like uh so what do you what do you guys plan on doing she pulls out this big ass book and says this is what we're going to do from now on we're bringing the inquisition back and of course we're, oh, what the fuck's the inquisition apparently the inquisition was basically what the templars were before they were templars you know they were basically I wouldn't say crusaders because I think crusaders is, has kind of a negative connotation, especially nowadays. Um, but they were holy warriors. (laughs) Um, that, that kind of, that tried to be peacemakers as well as, um, kind of like the law of the land for a while under obviously, the maker's word. So I guess they were crusaders, depending on how you look at it.
1: Yeah, I would say that's pretty appropriate.
0: Yeah. Except the they didn't go to a land and kill a whole shit ton of people for like hundreds of years. Or maybe they did. And then they turned <laughs> into Templars. <laughs> so, um, they, Cassandra decides to start the Inquisition back up. Uh, Leiliana's kind of on board with this, but of course, they're leaving it up to you. Do you want to join us? And there's really no there's no option, but you can keep asking, what if I say no? You know, and <laughs> shit like that. And they're like, Well, you can leave if you want to, but you never get this option to just say, Fuck you guys, I'm leaving. <laughs> so it's I the joined end. the Inquisition. As did everybody else. <laughs> and um that's when we meet up with our our, our main group of people. Uh, them being Cullen, which if anybody, he was very very minor. Well, I wouldn't say minor. He was a somewhat minor character in Dragon Age Two.
1: I always liked him in Dragon Age Two. Yeah, he was one of the few level-headed people. Yeah,
0: he was the he was one of the Templars who actually helped you save your sibling if they were still alive. Obviously, because if you remember, uh, the Templars kidnapped your sibling. And um, he was one of the Templars that was like, fuck this shit. You guys are insane. <laughs> kind of deal. Um, But he has joined the Inquisition as the soldier commander and uh, war strategist. Uh, there's a new character by the name of Josephine. She serves as the ambassador. Uh she she's she has a lot of connections as far as uh people who uh who are who are in high standing in different places, particularly Or Orlais. She knows yeah. a lot of uh people in Orlay.
2: She's kinda like your politician, eh? Hey? Yeah. Diplomacy.
0: And she's a pretty good strategist too.
2: Yeah, I like her so far.
0: Uh huh. And um the other advisor that we have is of course Leliana who is um, a skilled bard, <laughs> but at the same time a very skilled spy.
2: She's so much less annoying in this game I know. than I found her in Origins when she was all, like... Religious? And breathy when she spoke, like, and just yappy, and, yeah, I just wanted to mute her most of the time. Yeah,
1: in I'm still getting her out of my party as soon as I get an option to replace her with. <laughs>
2: I'd, like, I I prefer her Like now... Well, I guess in Origins as well, she was... She she had to hide that part of her identity, right? Because she was hiding from... Um. The whole bard thing kind of came out in her backstory and stuff. Yeah. When you first meet her, she's not upfront about that. But now she is who she is, and I kind of like her a lot more now.
0: Yeah. So those are your... Three advisors. Cassandra usually um, stands in on the uh, the meetings in the war room. And this begins the half of Dragon Age Inquisition. The other half is obviously exploring and combat. But this part is all about... So let's say there's a really trivial quest that needs to be done. Instead of sending your ass there to do it, you can just send some... People out to go do it for you, and you have three different options of how you want to handle those quests. You know, obviously with soldiers, with Cullen, spies with Leiliana, and diplomats with Josephine. Um, and they all you know have uh, depending on who you choose, um, you can get different rewards for those small quests and stuff like that. Um and certain ones can be locked out.
1: It reminds me of Metal Gear a little bit, the, the PSP ones. Yeah,
0: for the uh, Peace Walker, it was. Yeah, a, and
1: the early, was the first one portable ops.
0: Portable ops, yeah.
1: Where you'd have other people do your missions for you.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what this is.
2: <laughs> like
0: risk. So, um, the first thing they suggest us to do is check out Redcliffe because that's where a lot of this rape mage rebellion shit's going on. Um, there's a lot of fighting uh, between Templars, what they call Red Templars, I think is what they're called. Uh, the, the the I wouldn't say rebel Templars, but Templars who have taken matters into their own hands. And uh, uh, obviously rebellious mages are fighting it out. Uh, in the Hinterlands, which is uh, the woods, an area right outside of Redcliffe Village. And um, we've been asked by a healer there to uh, send assistance. So what better way to spread the name of the Inquisition by saying hey everybody, we're here to help than to go help some healers, help some refugees that are being hurt by these, this crazy war between the mages and the Templars. So we um, we have to sk- send our scouts to check on the place. Uh, on top of all that, uh, Cullen said, hey, it might be a good idea if we um, get the, uh, the horse master, the guy who runs the stables over at Redcliffe Farms, if we can have him uh, donate some horses to our cause, could help us out. So we can go investigate that as well while we're there.
2: And then... Literally, like about twenty other things get.
0: <laughs> yeah, you get there, <laughs> and everybody's like, "Hey, Inquisition, over here, help me!" Yeah. Or then you you found a dead body. Oh, it had a note on it. Let's go investigate what this note says.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You I, find
2: a map. point found the Spot in a waterfall. Go yeah. and find
0: it. I have yet to find that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just like, where's this fucking waterfall? Because I've, those... I've
2: only yeah, I've only just got the frigging horses, so yeah.
0: Which I will go ahead and say, mounts in this game are completely fucking useless.
2: But you can race them.
0: Well, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Because honestly, I want to travel faster.
2: Yeah, the the hold L3 to sprint on your mount thing is not really noticeable.
0: No. It seems like I can run faster than that. (laughs) So I don't even use my mounts sadly enough and you can't fight you know you can't attack while you're on a mount so i'm just like the fuck's the point <laughs> so but yeah so when we get there we send our troops out to check out the place and we get there and we get our uh, report from our head scout um i can't remember what her name is she's a uh a cute little dwarven girl who in fact I wish I could romance because that's the best option for me in this entire <laughs> game. I was like, she's just so cute, I almost want to take her home with me. <laughs> but I I can't. So um So she, you know, she gives us our report. This is what's going on. There's a lot of people fighting. Uh the refugees have went to the crossroads. Uh that's where the healer is. You might want to go check that out. Uh be careful because it's crazy out there. And um, then we explore the Hinterlands. Yeah, that's where I am. Yeah. I- I'm kind of always there. Even though I've went to other places and advanced the story, I always go back to the Hinterlands because there's always something to do in the Hinterlands. <laughs> um, and that's kind of the intro to Dragon Age Inquisition. I just wanted to give you know a little bit of description of what our characters are what we plan to play our characters like and um what exactly is going on in this world because five years have passed since the end of dragon age 2 and a lot of things have went down so it's um what do you guys so so What's what's your impressions of the opening, the beginning of this game? What we've played so far.
2: I think it sets it up really nice. Like I'm enjoying the freedom to kind of basically run this whole Inquisition in relatively in an order and at a pace that I like. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like um, obviously, like a lot of people had a problem with Dragon Age 2 for the fact that it felt very contained and restricted and, you know, there were about three different environments that (laughs) (laughs) represented the entire game.
0: I like how Bioware did that. (laughs) Because Bioware got a shit ton of hate mail saying, what the fuck, there's only three areas in this game? They're like, (laughs) okay, motherfuckers, you want to play that game? Fucking enjoy the Hinterlands, motherfucker.
2: And it's like now... Yeah, you you kind of almost it's like shit, man. Did you have to put so much in this friggin' game? Like, I'm never going to be able to explore all these different places, but that's kind of exciting, right? I genuinely feel like I've barely done nothing in this game.
0: You have barely done nothing. In this
2: you, game. you know, yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, and it that it's, that is exciting. I like that. There's going to be a whole lot to uncover and unravel. So. I kind of, I really do agree with Matt about the backstory thing, the the kind of one paragraph of, you know, hey, this is you, but at the same time, it does kind of feel like, holy crap, like your, your character, like my character's kind of been pulled out of this existence of you know, he had this one job, he was like just an elf, he was a hunter, he was roaming about, and he had nothing, not a care in the world, and now it's kind of like, well, none of that really matters anymore, because look, you may or may not be Jesus, and you're in the middle of saving the whole damn world, so.
0: I forgot to completely mention the whole cutscene of, before we opened up the uh, the rift, we hear the voices, and we see the Justinia in a vision, and she's calling out for help for your character. Yeah, and that's when Cassandra's like, "Okay, maybe you are innocent." Yeah, and you yeah. hear you hear a voice. You know, obviously creating her as a sacrifice almost sounds like she, he's preparing something for a sacrifice, or he he obviously is creating something. Um and that something is whatever the fuck made that place blow up. Um, so, I, just, I I totally forgot to mention that. But
2: It just feels really huge in scope. It and, is. And kind of, I think that fits the fact that, at least for me, and I think it's kind of like, I guess it's how, like, no matter what character you pick, right, I guess it's kind of how you're supposed to feel at this point is that the whole thing is kind of pretty overwhelming. Yeah. And... And that almost does work with the minimal backstory and this kind of huge, like, whoa, like, where do I go next kind of thing? Maybe that's why everyone just stays in the hinterlands. <laughs> it's like.
0: I mean, most people, most people that play RPGs have this completionist mentality yeah. to it. And um, it can get kind of crazy. Yeah. If you're not careful. Yeah.
2: No, I agree.
1: That's kind of what turned me off for the first Assassin's Creed. Is I'm playing that game, playing that game, and then all of a sudden it's just get all of these things. It's no longer about the story. Like now we've got all these shards and we've got all this nonsense to pick up and...
2: Yeah, I have got very easily distracted with all that kind of like finding all the campsites, finding all the shards, finding all the kind of um, the star sign astrology type things, whatever they're called, and...
0: Oh God! Yes. What are they
2: called? The, the
0: mean... astral shards.
2: Yeah, no, not the, the not the, the stuff where you have to, you know, you find the things you recreate, like the star sign, and you have to put all the lines in like the right order.
0: Oh God, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what those are called.
2: But you know what? Yeah, I know,
0: I know what they are, though.
2: So I gotta find all them, and I gotta find all the shards, and I gotta find all the camps, and I've gotta claim all the land,
0: and but we'll me, see. Me too. <laughs>
2: I promise I will have left the Hinterlands by the time we get to the next episode.
0: I, I kind of hope so, because we need to have a story beat <laughs> for the next episode. Because <laughs> we can't just say, well, I did this quest in the Hinterlands, and I fought a bear, and then I, uh, I found... I
2: rescued a Druffalo, and...
0: Yeah, I'm, we did all this stuff. Um, But it's... uh, <laughs> I, I hope to at least get at least one extra party member... I hope
1: so, too, because right now I'm a little nervous about this game. I'm not going to lie. Why? All of the things that we've mentioned in the last half hour. (laughs) I don't love the fact that I don't have a background to my character. I don't love the fact... Honestly, something I don't like is how epic this game is. I I really liked the narrowing of the scope in the second game. Mm -hmm. And for this game, you know from the title screen from the beginning, I'm like, oh, all right, this Inquisition, we've got mages, we've got Templars, there's going to be a whole lot of politics, there's going to be a whole lot of intensity there. And that doesn't necessitate save the world from these rifts, which just seems like save the world from anything crazy that's happening. I am sure, it will tie in story-wise, and I'm not concerned that it won't, but there was so much, I think, that could have been done without the way the story starts where you're the chosen one and you're going to save the world from this. And it seems a little bit like, all right, I've seen this before. Why why, why can't we just be Dragon age Why do we have to be Epic fantasy E. So I don't know. Between the lack of my character, sort of t- there's too much with all of these rifts. And it's just every, every time I see a rift, I'm like, yep got to go close that rift. There's a bunch of enemies and I'm going to have to do some fights and it's not even story related. It's just more stuff to do. Combine that with all the other stuff to do on the map and the fact that... The fact what? that I'm... My, like before it was easy, you know, in Dragon Age 2, it was easy to know where to go and like when I highlighted an area, I could see which quests were there. I could just decide, all right, this is a story quest. This is a minimum quest, you know, minimum intensity quest. And now basically I've got this whole world map where i 'm just going to go do the thing that 's closest to me, which means it's probably not going to be that important, so it well, seems even more disorganized.
0: What you can do is, is just set up main story quests and mainline it
1: yeah. one
2: thing i yeah what I was gonna say about one thing I did notice on my on my map was like a story like a a section opened up that i 'll be able to go to, which is to possibly visit the clan of my characters like where my character lived, like the dalish elven clan mm-hmm. and try and make contact with him them sorry so i'm wondering if that's something that is true across all the characters like at some point you go
1: yeah home even if it that, is though like you
2: get your backstory a little bit that, because i've that sorry. paragraph
1: was so little before that i yeah. you know i don't even know what my character why they were there
2: I, it's it takes a lot of kind of like I had a minimal backstory so I've just kind of like well my character's quite simple so I'm role-playing a lot and I have a backstory in my head I kind of had a few dialogue bits with Solus because they're both elves and that annoyed him as well because I was kind of like I'm Dalish I have my clan and my clan's not like other clans and you know so he was but even then it was kind of like it didn't tell me very much about my character it just told me about the kind of history of the different Elven clans and stuff. So I hope when I unlock this next, the next part of that map, I hope that there is an option for me to go and visit my clan and, like, you know, have some kind of idea of where my character came from. In that
1: sense, yeah. I really like the 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 not necessarily the origins, but the like the loyalty quests. So far, you know, I mean, it's still so early. It, most of these fears may be unjustified, but
0: well i will say this if you want to learn more about your character um make sure to talk to your party members while you're in haven mm-hmm.
2: yeah uh, i did to, that
0: talk to everybody um
2: that that is a good idea
0: you uh especially uh, josephine was really interested in my character in fact i almost it almost lets you create your own yeah what happened
2: see now you just said that that is exactly kind of what i meant to say yeah so. Thank you for being much more concise than me.
0: Just, yeah, <laughs> Josephine asked me, like, so what did you do before uh, all this happened? And then you have dialogue options. I was like,
2: uh,
0: oh, okay. uh, I was, I was with a mercenary group or I don't want to talk about it. And, you know, stuff like that. And then she was like, Oh, well, I, I had a recommendation from your captain. Uh, he said that you, uh, you did a great job. And it was like, she's like, what, what was your uh, job your role? And and it was like, Oh, I was the leader of this uh um uh, ambush group or I uh I saved my guys from this. You know, it is all these like I was like, Oh, I get to make my own what I did before this kind of thing. Yeah,
2: I had like similar options like that when I was talking to Solace and someone else. I don't know, maybe Leliana and it kind of like there were a few options that kind of like let my character be kind of like he, he has a lot of pride in his clan and he's not going to hide that. And he's not going to apologize for being an elf, you know, from the free, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's not gonna, he's not going to apologize for that. Right. So,
0: so there will be a good amount of connections to Dragon Age too. I can promise you that. Um, (laughs) The- have you guys?
2: Have you guys uh, we've all, have we all had Anders, and has he cropped up in Varric's uh, dialogue for you guys yet?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, he said uh, Anders is dead because that's what happened.
2: <laughs> well, in mine, because he's not dead. Um, one of my party members, who I won't get into it, but it's it's not one of the starting party members you get. Ask him if um, if Anders is still on, um, or Anders is probably off Varric's Christmas card list or whatever and does he you know shouldn't send him a, pe- a present and Varick's response was something like well if you consider like a pile of shit as a present then i guess i'm still sending him presents or whatever and it was <laughs> 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 or something equivalent to that but
0: yeah um i uh as far as varick goes he was like uh he named off everybody who was still alive um uh, there was another one uh, that I actually want to talk to you guys about, because it, it was actually pretty uh, cool, because I got to respond to it. The requisition officer, when you first meet her, she talks about how she uh, she served under Tyrion Logan. Yes. And uh, she said uh, he was a hero, and then I, I, I straight up said, no, he was a fucking Tracer. traitor. Yeah. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Me too. And he like, saved everybody. He yeah.
0: I was like, I wasn't there, but Lifty Fernandez was there and he knows, Lifty, <laughs> he yeah. knows what he happened. Apparently
2: Lifty Fernandez was a bit tardy in lighting the old the uh, signal. The signal.
0: Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> Yeah, the great wardens were the two gray wardens they sent to the light the signal took forever lighting the signal. I'm like bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I know how uh-uh. <laughs> Hey, hey, don't talk about your king that way, bitch. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway. Uh, so, yeah. It, it, like I said, we're early on. Just- That's
2: one, I was going to say, sorry. That is one thing I'm curious, Matt, in your world state, if you've just got the, um, the straight up world state, whether Anders is alive or dead.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
2: That'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, talk to uh, Varric in Haven. And he'll uh, he'll give you a little bit of a rundown of what happened with everybody. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I want to know who's alive and dead in your world, Matt. That'll be cool.
0: So, yeah, that's the intro uh, to Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, I asked on Twitter to... uh, Respond with uh, what your character is. I uh, had a few. Uh, Mookie's Groove says he's a Kunari Mage. I haven't finished the first map yet. <laughs> um, Jamie asked me to guess. <laughs> Obviously, it's a Kunari. Looks like it's got uh, two different blades on its back, so I'm guessing a Dual Dagger Rogue female Kunari. Not bad looking. (laughs) And then White Hippo says, uh, uh, "A human male two handed warrior." So there you go. A couple Kunaris up in here. This seems like a lot of people want to play Kunari. Yeah, I'd be
1: intrigued to play Kunari on a subsequent playthrough.
0: Yeah, everybody looks at you like it's weird. Which my my the the Kunari that that you play as is one that doesn't follow the cune.
2: Are you just like really tall compared to everyone else?
0: Oh my god, I'm fucking a ta- I'm a tower. <laughs> compared to everybody. Like- everybody looks up at me when they talk. And it's actually really cool that they do that. Cuz I was thinking they're just going to stare at my chest the entire time. But no no, they actually look up at you. And then, when I play as a dwarf they look down at you. <laughs> so dumb they even think about that. So uh we do have an email as well. We have two emails. Um, oh, shit, I can't even bring it back up.
2: Do you need a timeout, Drew? No. Technical difficulties?
0: I can't see the... Operator
1: be- error.
2: Yeah.
0: I, uh, yeah, yeah, it's operator <laughs> error. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, She sent two different emails. One of them I can't read because it's spoilers. Uh, <laughs> So it's from Jamie. This is Drew. I wanted to send you an intelligent email about Dragon Age Inquisition, but I'm pretty sure I'm just going to write awesome a bunch of times. So to sum up, wow, I love this game. When my friend Sophie, I know that person, told me to try out Skyrim, I changed my view of games and my social life. (laughs) I think everybody did. Yeah, we all did. (laughs) This takes the next step. I don't know that a game can get any better than this i am only a quarter way through if anything the best word to describe the game is overwhelming
2: i said that see great
0: minds (laughs) it is truly shocking how much they have put into it there are some times when i just have to turn it off because there's so much to do don't take that for complaining though if I did have to complain about anything, it would be that my Lady Kunari Inquisitor gets snubbed by the boys. <laughs> Very few romance options for me, those racist humans. <laughs> Look at that. I only said awesome once. Okay, twice. Jamie. Thank you, Jamie, for that email and the other email that I'm not going to read because it has stuff that we don't need to talk about yet.
2: We'll save that for
0: for a later date.
2: For a later date.
0: Uh, we also have another email from Brandon. <clears throat> uh, he sent one last week talking about uh we mentioning we should uh try Chrono Cross. Mm, yes um, for review. Or not review, but for for Phoenix Down. Uh, and then we were like, I don't know. Yeah, we we mentioned uh Chrono No cr- cr- no, we mentioned Chrono Cross. He mentioned Chrono Trigger that we should play. Um, But then we were like, we don't know what happens in Chrono Cross. Well, here's a synopsis. (laughs) Chrono Cross, it's a different continent of the world of Trigger. And there are some throwbacks to the original without spoilers. A few characters make an appearance from Trigger. Uh, One of the characters is directly connected with Zeal from Trigger. Uh, It's a different twist of the same story, so to speak. You don't have to play Trigger to enjoy the game, but you will not be able to appreciate the throwbacks without knowing Trigger. The rumors alone surrounding a couple of characters tie into the original story as well. So yes, it's possible to enjoy Chrono Cross without Trigger just makes the game a little prettier. 99 Nights, in order to get the best story out of it, play every character. It will be a little hard to talk about it if you just beat one character's story. Each character is tied to each other in a pretty good way. Namely, wow, Dweevin Vat <laughs> and My Ufe. My Mai- sorry.
1: sorry. So we would at least have to all play different characters in that game to see <laughs> to see some of the the variety.
0: Yeah, everything else about the combat is pretty good, but not much to talk about except you who you meet within the battles. If you guys have any uh, questions regarding tie-ins and to cross, you should uh, should you guys get there, email me or Facebook me. I will be happy to answer any and all questions. I know too much about that series. Hmm. Thank you, Brandon. And uh, we will definitely keep that in mind. I really would like to do Chrono Cross one day. Yeah, me too. Because I own it. I bought it on a sale for like 99 cents. And I'm like, yeah, totally. I've never played it. I've played Chrono Trigger twice. Technically three times. So.
1: I think I have both the disc version and the PSN version of Chrono Cross. Oh, really? And I have never, ever touched it. Man.
0: So, yeah, we can do those. Um... But yeah, if you'd like to send an email to me, you can send it. at uh, drew at ztgd.com. Uh, we'll read out on the air. Uh, you can suggest games to us. Um, of course, pretty much the rest of the year will be devoted to Dragon Age Inquisition. Because I'm going to tell you it's going to take us that long to get through it. Um, and at the same time, definitely tell us your thoughts on Dragon Age Inquisition. I want to know what your character's doing. What, uh, I mean, as long as you follow along with us kind of deal, uh, you know, I don't want, <laughs> I'm not going to read out spoilers of the final battle.
2: Yeah. I don't want to like hear that.
0: that. Yeah, yeah. I don't either. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, definitely, um, let us know your thoughts on the game so far. Um, but yeah, you can send, like I said, drew dot ZTGD.com for the email address. You can also follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DML fury. Matt is at R E M G S and Sophia is at SM Holiday. Uh, you can also follow the podcast itself. It is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. I post every single episode up there, and uh, that's where you can usually find all the episodes um, whenever they go live on Fridays. Uh, you can also leave us an iTunes review, which is what I'm checking right now, which is why I'm stalling as much as I possibly can to see if we have any. Um, but if you would leave us an iTunes review, I'd greatly appreciate it. If you would, we do not have any new ones, um, but we will read those out on the show as well. But that is it for us. I greatly appreciate everybody listening. This is just the beginning. <laughs> I'm. W- what the plan is is that we're going to do an episode, skip a week then do another episode. That way we get to cover as much as we want to. Like I said, I want to at least get one or two story beats in each episode because I'm telling you right now, where Matt is, the next 10 hours of that game will probably be, I know how you are, you'll just go to the hinterlands. That's
1: where I am. Yeah. I
0: mean, mean, if you want to mainline it, you totally can.
2: No, I, can't I don't
0: do want it. to though. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to either. Because this is a- give somewhere in the middle for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Happy medium.
0: Yeah, I'm almost. I think I'm done with the hinterlands. There's still a bunch of quests I can do, but I'm just like I'm done. I need to go to other places, you know. Um, and granted, the, the the next few areas you do unlock are not as big as the hinterlands is, um, and they don't have as many quests. I mean, they don't get me wrong. They got a good amount of stuff in them, but they're not as big as the hindrances Um, So, yeah, um, we're going to take a week off from after this episode. We'll be back in two weeks. So the next Friday, um, hopefully get into some, some more of the uh, story stuff. There is a choice that comes up that I kind of want to cover for the next episode. You all will know which choice that is. 'Cause it's pretty much it's the 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 first big choice that can determine certain things in the game, where the game's gonna go. Um so I kinda wanna do I do want to cover that for the next episode. Um But yeah, um the the other thing is is that uh Ken mentioned that he'd like all of us that work for the site and on the podcasts um to uh Uh, do a game of the year um, show. Uh, And since we have so many people that are going to be on the N4G radio, um, I figured that I would get at least you guys, maybe another person from uh, ZTGD to come on and Mm -hmm. we just name off our top 10 games and do it for an intermission show. Sounds good. Um, If you can't think of 10 just give me the, <laughs> just give me your top games that you played that came out this year? Drive Club. <laughs> oh God. I feel so bad that I gave that at eight point It's
2: like, what could have been, man. It was could have been
0: Well that that was the thing. Was that um was that it was just it 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 worked before launch. And then when it launched it was broken. But anyway, that's for another time. We'll, uh, we'll get into that uh, at a later date. Probably it's going to be at the end of December. But we're going to go. Until next time, in two weeks, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And I'm Sophie. And we are out of here. We'll catch you guys in two weeks with the continuation of Dragon Age Inquisition.